Home is a place where a lot of life happens. A place where a mix of sweet and mundane moments are captured. We can often see our home as a place of refuge, a place of rest, or simply a place where dinner is made and our favorite TV shows are watched. But if we are honest, I mean really honest, and if we reveal the behind the scenes aesthetic, we navigate a lot of battles at home. Home quickly turns from a place of laughs to a place of sadness. A place where words are said that can't be taken back. A place where God was once known and experienced to a place where we doubt if he's even there. Fights with our loved ones, fights with ourselves, fights with our thoughts, fights with God. So much of the fight we don't let anyone in on. But now more than ever, we need to be equipped for the everyday battles we navigate. This is a series about how God calls us to see our home as not only a place of love and laughter and joy, but also a battleground we fight for. This, this is, is the fight, fight of, of our, our lives. lives. Well, hey, hey, that's right, that's right. Good morning. I see some spirit fingers in the back. Yes, Mandy, good I see love you. that. <laughs> well, um, listen, it's so good to see you. If, my, if I haven't met you, my name's Maurice. And my name is Aisha, and I just want to say I love that y'all laughed at that little bit because that is my real life, and there's just stuff in the middle of the you floor, know, and I'm like, listen, sir, We're getting into conflict in a little on? bit. We don't have to jump okay, in okay, just okay. yet. Okay, <laughs> You know. <laughs> it's a little triggering for me. It's fine. <laughs> So listen, today is going to be an interesting one. We're so excited to talk about it. Uh, we get the awesome opportunity of kicking off a brand new series, and it's called The Fight of Our Lives. And why we decided to choose this is because for the next couple of weeks, Aisha and I are going to be tackling some topics that we think is going to be helpful for every single one of us. And as we start and move into this conversation, we actually wanted this time to be a little bit different. And so as you can see, we set up a little mini living room you, you here. You get both the Coxes today. Yes, get a you get both of us. Team. Very conversational, though. Right. Today. So it's going to be the, converse, the tone of this morning is going to be very conversational. Um, it's not going to feel as sermony as usual. And you um, definitely just made up that word, sermony. I don't know. That's, me, that's right. I'm going to make some up words, make up some words, um, but it's going to feel a little, little different. But we do believe um, that for every single one of us, including Aisha and, our, and, and myself, um, that there's going to be some amazing, helpful tools and truths for every single one of us to grasp hold of so that we can continue to find ourselves living in the way of Jesus. And the way that we want to start that today is uh, the title is The Fight of Our Lives. Now, what in the world uh, does a Christian community, a church community have talking about fight? Are we talking about boxing, Muhammad Ali? We are not talking Floyd about boxing, Mayweather? although talking I about did here? used to box. Um, okay. Today we want to get into when we are talking about fighting, we're talking about relational conflict. We're conflict. talking about conflict. And we know no matter what age you are in this room, no matter if you're single, if you're married, if you are somewhere in between, yeah. um, no matter what that looks like conflict happens conflict is unavoidable can't avoid it it's whether you're a college student whether you're a high school student whatever that looks like we will be just owning up front we're gonna be mm -hmm. talking a lot from our context and our marriage context and that'll probably we believe that that'll bleed over into other areas of life but we're talking about relational conflict and sometimes mm -hmm. the home setting is one that we Listen. look at it look at in the wrong way right and just to be honest I mean Stuart was there at our house That's and we're true. getting into a little conflict as we're filming right before the you film. know this series. right before the film and I, I just I just have to tell y'all because sometimes you know it's the little things that really cause she just some moved turmoil. To the edge of her seat. Did I did. See that? I did. I gotta. I'm, I gotta I'm, lean I'm into becoming it. aware of what's so, about to happen. So yeah, we just we're just gonna flow with this. Um, <laughs> you know, one of the things I really try to have grace for and walk in, but after so many times, it just leads to a fight, and that's because my husband. 
He doesn't put his clothes in the hamper. It's like around the hamper. It's like just, downstairs, on the stairs. And I'm then, like, I just don't understand. I'm working on my shot. Like, no, I just sometimes just throw your, it. Your you shot know, is horrible. Okay. That's what's happening. <laughs> working on my shot sometimes. See how it, but, you know, how it lands? But also, hold on now. Okay. Hold on, hold okay, on. Okay, what are you doing? I, for the life of me, she, the, the, the fight that we had I right before the video, dying. she moves my stuff always. I go Not back true. to a place where I, I thought I left it. I organize. And that same scenario, if you ever see The Incredibles, it just so resonates with me. Where is my super suit? Like, I cannot, for the life of me, find wow. my stuff. So You just got to look where it belongs and boom, right there. Not true. Right there. Not true. But, babe, can we be real transparent? Because, you know, I like that we're sitting right here because I feel closer to you than I for do sure, on the stage. Sure. And... We just want to be honest and say, like, this week as we're talking about relational conflict, we had plenty of opportunity to practice what we're we going to be preaching on. That's true. Lots this our, week, yeah. we engaged that. Even a, even a little bit this morning. A little bit this morning, yeah. because here's the deal. Here's the deal. We all know this. And, and here's the, also, right, like, when we think about our home setting, I think it's going to be important for us to even realize um, that when we talk about home and we see our homes, um, we can see it in one way of a place of joy and laughter and love. A little bit of what the video said. I call it a little bit of Hobby Lobby. Aisha loves Hobby Lobby. Yes, I the, do. The eat, pray, love stuff, right? All the things. Wow. Just, I like um, inspiration and encouragement right? on the walls. You know what I'm saying? It's fine. But if we're honest, some of the greatest battles happen at home. Mm -hmm. And, and I how think often, sorry, how often, uh, how <laughs> often, how often is the how often do we view our homes not just as a place of love joy laughter mm -hmm. but as a place that is a battleground because mm -hmm. i think that if we have walk up under like a false sort of uh, notion of what home is like then we'll start mm -hmm. to think that that's not the place for fights and sometimes conflict happens at home the greatest not, not even sometimes definitely and what i was gonna, gonna say okay. is that you know how a lot of times we talk about like the highlight reel that we for show sure. and put on in the world i think in the same way with our homes there's this beautiful aesthetic that's not only mm. on the exterior you know the pictures that we post but also knowing that in those beautiful homes yeah the battle is real. The battle is real. And I think that's the, why we're talking about that this morning, because not mm -hmm. only do we face it, not only do you face it, let's be mm -hmm. real. Y'all laughing because a lot of the ladies in here feel me. But fortunately for us, fortunately for us, we see that through our life, through our experiences, but also scripture has mm -hmm. a lot to say that encourages us in how we live in the posture of Jesus and in the way of Jesus when it comes to navigating conflict. Yeah. And the reason we talk about it this morning is because some of y'all know, on your way here, you had a fight. Just Sunday don't, morning. don't look, just look forward. You don't have to <laughs> just nudge blink, a person. Just blink. <laughs> just wink at me if you if you need to. But on your way, I'm talking about those Sunday morning Sunday morning if arguments. He think that this argument is over because we sitting in church. You wait. You can't wait till can't we get wait. out of church so that you can go ahead and revamp that thing. Because that's what conflict looks like. Not only yes. there, though, we see it all over. Yes, and it doesn't matter for those of you that are not even married, but those of you that live at home with yeah. roommates or, you know, with family. Totally. Just that place when, you know, there's tension at home that you do all that you can to stay out so you just avoid whoever that person that's is true. that you are just clashing against right Everybody, now. Anybody just, like, take a few blocks around, just <laughs> kind of, like, you know, go to Target, walk it off a little bit. Do everything you can so you can avoid yeah. just going home sometimes because... 
a lot of conflict happens at home. Yeah, and the tension, and even on a more serious note, mm -hmm. what happens when you're at home and you guys are just missing each other? Like, it doesn't matter yeah. what you are talking about, you're missing each other. You guys mm -hmm. could be talking about, are we gonna have Chick-fil-A for dinner or Raising Cane's, and then somehow it ends up in an argument. Yeah, we're talking right past each other, and I think that's important. Uh, here's the deal, as we talk this morning, I think we are gonna be navigating what conflict looks like. And I wanna just be real, like, I want us to all be transparent, right? So we're gonna open up for everybody to be transparent in this moment, to say like, when you grew up, and I want to just think about your own life, and this is participatory, right? But when you grew up in your own life, um, how many of you had a direct uh, teaching and direct even, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Just someone taught you how to taught navigate Taught you how conflict. to navigate, like conflict resolution. Like Raising you were taught you. the topic of conflict resolution. No hands raised. Ooh. Okay, all right, a couple, Ooh, okay, hey, a few, okay, let's okay. but like think about that for a second though, right? Like as we even grow up, as we even sh are shaped in our lives, none of us are really taught that. But here's the deal. I think we're not taught it, but in some ways we are. And what I mean by that is, have you ever heard the phrase, um, more is caught than taught, right? A lot of us, we grow up in our environments, our experiences have shaped us to view how we resolve conflict. And some of us, our environments have fostered a space where to resolve conflict equals shutting down. To resolve conflict means powering up, to, to dominate, right? It also can mean slamming doors. Slamming doors. Mm -hmm. If y'all didn't catch that. Um, but resolving conflict can look so many different ways, going silent, isolating, running away from, avoiding, right? And then when you talk about that, we also have to keep in mind, how did we see our parents and our family totally. navigate conflict right. growing up? We can also have a, a lens of navigating conflict through our past wounds yeah. and things that kind of you know, trigger us and that informs how we handle conflict. Right, I think that's important just to slow down, just for a moment to recognize when we are engaging conflict, whether that's workplace, whether that's relationships, uh, as far as spouse, whatever that looks like, we are bringing our past, we're bringing our experience, we're bringing our, how we saw things into that. And I wish somebody would have told me, if you're a person who's desiring marriage, a person that's on the side of singleness, whatever that looks like for you, um, if they would have told me to know Maurice a little bit more before you step into marriage. That self-awareness right? is very important. Because when we come together, now we're like two battlefields and I'm bringing all of my triggers and trauma and all my extra stuff, and now you're bringing that as well, and all it is is just us continue to fight and pour out whatever we thought fighting looked like. Sometimes we slow each other down and we just start calling out um, um, like our parents, right? Like she'll be like, okay, that's a little Mark right there. That's like Mark, and then I'll be like, that, that's, uh, her mom's nickname is Mooch. So it's yeah. like, that's Mooch. I'm seeing a whole lot of moods right now, yeah. but it's been moments, not when it's high tense, because when it's tense, you don't want to bring up like funny stuff. No, you don't. So it's just no, one of those things when after the fact, when you can laugh about it, right? Yeah. We start bringing up, you acted a lot like Mark right now, right? Um, here's the thing. As we start our time, as we get, dig into that, I want Aisha to pray. And then there's a few practical tools that I want us to walk away with this morning. Um, and that's going to be our time. That's going to be us really leaning into what we see God pressing us into when it comes to conflict. So would you pray for our time? God, we just thank you so much that we get to gather here together in community and learn from your word. And Father, I pray whatever arguments, conflict happened this morning, Father, help us to lay it aside. Help us to be present. Help us to lean in. Help us to have open hearts and open ears to hear what you have to say to us today. 
Holy Spirit, we just invite you in and say, have your way. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. Uh, two practical takeaways for this morning is going to be a spiritual lens and a practical tool, right? Spiritual lens and a practical tool. Uh, the reason I brought up a spiritual lens is because um, I think sometimes the way we frame conflict, the way that we view conflict um, has a lot to do with how the result kind of comes about. And, and what I mean by that is uh, we can particularly put a lens or put a framing on the conflicts that we encounter um, from a pure emotional space and maybe from a pure petty place. Sometimes we get real petty, right? We start throwing jabs at one another. We start using language that we shouldn't. Um, and I think what's important is that what is the spiritual lens that I can help when I step into, that, I, that can help me when I step into a moment of conflict. So a spiritual lens is going to be a takeaway and a practical one, right? Yeah, and we want this to be very practical. So we don't want what the, these truths that we share to just stay in your mind. We want them to flow into your heart and be something that you embody for actual day-to-day -day conflict that we experience and navigate. And one of my favorite passages in James 1, 22, he says um, to not just be hearers of the word, yeah. but doers of the word. And we believe that when we start with that spiritual lens and we start looking at these principles that we're going to get into today mm -hmm. and we actually apply those, that's when transformation happens, right? right? Transformation happens at the point of application, yes. right? So I think that's going to be important. Uh, 1 Timothy 6, 12 says these words right here. Um, fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of the eternal life which you were called when you were when you made your good confession at the presence of many witnesses. Paul, the writer here, is saying, fight the good fight of faith. Um, he's framing, right? Like, just think about it. In, in the way that he's equating our faith walk to fighting. Another scripture during our time of research and uh, study we were looking at, Ephesians 6.11 says these words right here. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's scheme. Some, one version says uh, the enemy's uh, attacks, right? I think it's important. We, we see scripture littered with so much language around warfare and around fighting. And it's not talking about in a physical way. So that means that there's a spiritual lens, there's a spiritual place that scripture is pressing us into when conflict arises. Yeah, and when you say that, mm -hmm. I also think about um, Peter. He has this passage in 1 Peter 4.12. And he says to not be surprised by the fiery trials right. and the conflicts and obstacles that you're experiencing as if this is something strange. Right. And I think as people who are imperfect and different and unique, also fearfully and wonderfully made, but we also live in a broken world. So right. of course, conflict is going to happen. And we believe that God doesn't want us to be surprised by the conflict that we experience. He wants us to be equipped for it. Right. So the equipping a few things that we want to talk from. We are not experts. We are not Absolutely some gurus. Not. I just told y'all he got on my nerves this morning. Right. So. <laughs> so, but we are talking from a place, from experiences, and from where we see Scripture guiding us. Uh, the first thing that I want to mention in one practical way, one principle that I think is important for us to recognize is that uh, there's a big myth that we enter into this conversation with. And that's the myth that healthy relationships are absent of conflict. The big myth that I think many of us walk into this with is that healthy relationships are absent of conflict. And, and the truth of the matter is, um, well, that's not true. And one uh, uh, Christian counselor, the way that she put it was actually uh, healthy relationships aren't absent of conflict, uh, but healthy relationships make a decision that will, they will allow conflict to be the thing that divides them or not. Will they allow conflict 
to be the thing that defies them. And it's a decision that you make in a relationship and in a context that some of you are navigating. So I think the myth that we sometimes carry is that uh, conflict ha- doesn't have to be there. And I think we start to fall into that in our own story. Early on, uh, we're six years going on seven, but early on, we start to face some real stuff. We moved uh, to Colorado, uh, you're not even a year married, um, into a new place, all these different things. I was working, you weren't. There were so many different bickering. And we started to think that like maybe our marriage is yeah, on the like decline. Maybe there's is something wrong. is wrong. Yeah. Our marriage is bad, right? Because of conflict. And I think we carry that myth around a lot. And it can be damaging. Mm-hmm. And I think, uh, you know, what she said in that quote, conflict isn't bad, but it's how you handle it. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, in the beginning, how I handled conflict based on how it was modeled for me hmm. wasn't healthy. That's wasn't right. good. Right, right, right. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> well, uh, one of the practical uh, principles that we want to mention today is release control. Release control. If you're taking notes, write it down. If you're not taking notes, write it down. Release control. How many of us, when we enter into fights, step into a space uh, where the goal is no longer to understand one another or to have relationship, but the goal becomes you're fighting to win. You, and really what it is is if you boil down, you're fighting for control, whether you're trying to control the other person, whether you're trying to control the outcome, right? Sometimes we want to have a hold on what the outcome looks like so much so that we force all of the things that we're uh, trying to figure out. And so sometimes you're trying to control, and we're reaching for control so much that sometimes it spoils or spills into us fighting and realizing that we're not even uh, fighting for the thing that we are fighting about anymore, and we're just missing one another. Um, it's no longer fighting to win. Um, and here's the deal. When you fight to win, nobody truly wins, right? Like when you're fighting to win, uh, no matter, let's just play out the scenario, right? Some of you, you've been in this scenario where uh, you, you probably have that personality, you're a little bit more overpowering, and you know, you're going at it. I mean, you call it, you come in from every angle. You think they come in, you know, you arguing, you got your rebuttals, and you're listening to rebut, not to listen, to understand. You're just fighting. Like you're in your mind, you know what you're about to attack them with, and you know the jab that you're about to take, right? All the different things, and you get to that place where you shut the person down, or you get to the point where you win win the argument or you win whatever it looks like as far as that conflict that you had, whether that's a Facebook message or whether that's a text and you put all caps and you got emojis, you got got gifs. I know I'm all in it right now, right? You done did all this stuff and probably for a good two seconds, five seconds, maybe I'll give you a good 15 seconds to just let it linger. It feels real good. I won. But in a scenario where there's actually trust and love and a person you care for, the person across from you, when it comes to it, you don't really win because in any scenario when you're fighting to win, there's always going to be loss. And therefore, some of us have experienced where that person has felt a loss of dignity, a loss of value, a loss uh, as it relates to your uh, relationship. And, And so now you feel in some ways that you won, but actually when you sit with it long enough, now you really sit in this place of guilt. Yeah. Because when you fight to win, no one truly wins. When you said that, this phrase came to mind that when you win, mm-hmm. I hurt. And the mm-hmm. same thing, you know, vice versa. Because who we turn into, right, right. <laughs> who, we, who we morph into when we're trying to win, we end up putting down the other person and hurting them. Right. And one of the stories that uh, Maisha and I, when we first got together, and um, one of the things that we came across, I remember, like, excuse me, like yesterday, that we started to have this fight, we started to bicker, and I'm starting to power up because that's what I saw growing up as you start to 
overpower the conversation. And I remember the feeling as I was driving in the car. It's one of those moments where you're driving in the car and you got a long way back home and it's full of silence and it's awkward. And all I could think about was the person I say that I love is hurt, is damaged. It's actually, I've wounded this person because I thought it was to win this argument. I'm going to go ahead and go below the belt. I'm going to go ahead and take this jab. And now there's not any winners in this argument. We both are at a loss because if I truly care for you, then the way that you feel matters to me, right? And I remember being in that moment where I felt so dumb and I felt so like this, if this is what winning feels like, I don't want it, right? And so the goal for me, in, in a lot of ways, still to today, has to keep shifting of like, what am I reaching for? And I think a lot of times I have to let go of, I was trying to control that situation so much so that it played out this way. Yeah, that's good. I think the, the next thing that is really um, important to me in my life and something that I really lean on is this principle of pursuing peace in the midst of conflict. Mm -hmm. And if we could be honest, a lot of times when we are in the midst of conflict right. and tension is high and emotions are hot and we're irritated, peace is not at the forefront of our minds. Mm. When conflict is not present, okay, peace is ideal, we like that. Right, right, right. But what would it look like and how would it shift the conflict, how would it shift the, the environment, the relationship, if we had this mindset to pursue peace? And as you were speaking, Maurice, a lot of times we don't pursue peace, we pursue being right and making the other person wrong. Mm -hmm. If we're honest, or I'll, like I say, right. I could be honest, um, we pursue blame. So yeah. one of the least effective things that you can do in a conflict is start, you, uh, is start off your sentence with you. You did this, mm -hmm. you made me feel like this, whatever. Right, right. And then when you add an absolute to that of you never or you always, yeah. that does not help at all. And That's good. And a lot of the fractures that we experience at home in those most intimate relationships, that is due to unresolved conflict. Mm -hmm. And there is this uh, sermon I heard in college, and the pastor was preaching on Romans 12. And Romans 12, 18 says this, if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, Live at peace with everyone. Yeah. In Psalm 34, I love the latter part of it. It says, seek peace and pursue it. Yeah. And I know that is a game changer because when I pursue peace, I move my ego aside. Right. I, I move my mm -hmm. agenda aside. Go ahead, chime yeah. in. Well, I was going to say that I think um, in that, recognizing when you see scriptures of pursuing peace and try to seek peace among uh, all people and live peaceably among all people, um, don't mistake peace for something that's passive. Oh man, you get into my point. Am I getting, am I taking, you it's the Holy are. Spirit. That's okay, not, fine. It's not Go me, ahead. it's the Go Holy ahead. Spirit flowing. Look, if you um, don't see, uh, you know, maybe forget my thought, girl. I got you, I got it right here. <laughs> um, so wait, before we get into that, boo, let's talk about what Jesus says on the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 5, 9. Okay. He says, blessed are the peacemakers for they shall be called children of God. Being a peacemaker is a marker that you are a son or daughter of God. And as Maurice kind of jumped into my notes, being a peacemaker does not mean you're a passive. Being a peacemaker does not mean you're a people pleaser. Yeah, being a peacemaker means you take the initiative, that's no good. matter if the other person's at fault or if you are at fault. You just have that mindset of, I am going to pursue peace. I'm not gonna sweep it under the rug. Yeah. I'm not gonna ignore it. And just to give you a quick example of how um, I applied this in a friendship. Hmm. A friend texts me something. Um, we're going to get into the texting stuff. But she texts me something, and I'm like, this? 
this offended me, this hurt me. I don't know why she responded in that way. And I had this thought of like, I will never share this area of my life hmm. with this person again. And because she is someone that is so close to me, mm-hmm. I couldn't sit with that. Like I, I chose to pursue peace because yeah. I knew that small little thing, again, it's those little things, Watch. would start to tear over time in our relationship. And I told her, I was like, hey, you mean so much to me that I want to bring this to your attention. That's good. Because I don't believe your intent was to make me feel like this, but this was the impact. And I'm so grateful that I pursued peace because what had the potential to uh, weaken our relationship actually strengthened it. Right, and one of the practical takeaways in that it also is, you know, the longer you take to have a harder conversation, the harder it is to get to reconciliation. Mm, Say that again. The harder, the longer you wait to have the harder conversation, the harder it will be to reach reconciliation. I think that's across the board. I think that's something for us to recognize that it's the, when you mentioned like it's the little things, the things that we let simmer, the things that we let uh, just kind of get to us and, and or, we know or, that it's happening. Or the uh-huh. things that we tell, we don't tell the person about, but we talk to everybody, everybody else, else about, about mm-hmm. it. Ooh, I scripture. got a few head nods on that. Scripture later. got a lot to say about gossiping for sure. But it's those things that um, we're just kind of letting things spill out in that divide. Those little things start to become wedges in a relationship. And so having the harder conversation, and here's my thing why I would say not to avoid the harder conversation. Uh, Patrick Lencioni, he's this like leadership development person. He's a Christian as well, and he helps teams with morale and all sorts of stuff. And the way that he puts it is that when there is a trust as a foundation, a conflict becomes nothing but the pursuit of truth. Conflict becomes nothing but the pursuit of truth. And so realizing that conflict is going to be there, and when I have that hard conversation, it's really, if we boil it all down, two people or multiple people trying to get down to resolve of truth. And this is one thing that I think is so key in relationships, especially when we start to navigate our own relationship, um, is that we desire peace, but are we willing to do the work to get to peace? That right. part. Exactly. Uh, one of the other things, right? So we have losing control or letting Releasing go of control. control. Releasing control. We have pursuing peace. Uh, one of the other one was, I know you heard this in premarital counseling. I know you heard this in your classes or whatever it looks like. Communication. Clear communication. I remember one time um, we were on our way to the airport. Oh, gosh, Uh-oh. you didn't tell me what we stories go. you were going to share. Look, I don't even have to say too much. Y'all know, if you're a couple in the room on your way to the airport and somebody takes a little bit longer than you do, and they like to, you know, not be two hours early, but they like to be like one hour early, and you're running against things, right? I remember one time that we were racing to the airport, and I'm in the car, I'm ready to go, and I'm, you know, doing all these things, and Aisha's kind of just taking a little bit longer than usual, right? And I'm like, we have to get to this airport. Oh, my goodness, she's driving everything, all this stuff. And she told me, she told me beforehand that, Maurice, I'm grabbing your, I think it was my water bottle, my toothbrush or whatever, because you forgot it. And I'm in the car because I'm in a frantic, I'm trying to get everything. I done had to load everything in. I'm sweating because I done put all the bags in the car. And now she's taking forever. And now we get in the car and we're bickering back and forth. I mean, we go all the way to the point where we get on the plane and we're feeling a way about each other, right? And we didn't get to the point, I don't know if it was on the plane or when we landed, I forget where it was, um, but we got to this point, boiling it all the way down. Maurice, if you got to our destination and you didn't have your toothbrush and your water bottle, you would have been upset. I went and grabbed that. And I sat there to myself like, you were, and, oh, and that was the phrase that she used is, I was just trying to help you. I say that a lot. And so we're... (laughs) 
<laughs> Thanks to my sis on that side. Yes. All right. We're going to pray and leave now. All right. That's the, that's the sermon. That's it right there. We can go ahead and leave on that. <laughs> but she got to this point and her tenderness that she mentioned that to me just softened my heart because I realized you were just trying to help me. And because we were talking past each other and all these different things, um, we missed out on reaching a place of peace and reconciliation, and we let conflict be this thing that starts to just be this wedge. And one of the principles, or one of the, I should say principles, but takeaways when it comes to communication that I believe is helpful is when we begin to ask one another clarifying questions. Asking one another clarifying questions. Uh, one of the ways that I've heard this done is that um, what I hear you saying is, right? Um, now, here's the thing. If you're a person that's on the receiving end, you got to let them finish. Because sometimes the way it's played out is, okay, so what I hear you saying is uh, X, Y, Z. It's like, no, no, no. If you were listening, what I was saying was, it's like, okay, there goes that you statement again, there right? Goes there goes that, that push, right, of you pointing the finger. Um, but trying to, because once again, the goal being that we want to seek understanding, right? We want to not seek to be understood, but to seek to understand. And if that is our posture, I took another one of her points, if that is our posture, then I think we can reach a place of peace much quicker. Yeah, and when you say that, um, those of you that don't know, I actually went to school and studied business law, but you know, God totally changed my life. I and my thought plan. I had a lawyer, y'all. I was about to say, you know, sorry, to I don't have to worry about ministry anymore. I'm like, I got a lawyer. Sorry, and now we both finish. So now we both that, in ministry. Woo! Um, but there's this term in contract law called meeting of the minds. And that's when you want to just come to an agreement in the contract. And I started to think about that um, last night. And I think for us, it's more than just meeting of the minds. Mm -hmm. Because we can say, like, oh, I forgive you, I get it. And still here, there be a disconnect. I think there's also a meeting of the hearts. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, oh, um, leaning in. And one of the things you kind of jumped into, and I'm looking at that Go clock. A principle is, you know, seek first to understand rather than to be understood. Right. And James 1.19 speaks to this perfectly. He says, my dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Mm -hmm. And y'all, I'm an introvert, so I would think that I can do this well, but I actually do the opposite. Mm. I am slow to listen, and I'm quick to speak. And I'm quick to anger. Mm. And what we need to grow in, what I'll just speak to myself, what I need to grow in is suspending my need to speak. Mm. So I can genuinely listen to your perspective, yeah. listen to your heart, and also listen to your hurt. Because sometimes wow. the conflict that we have, there's like a surface level reason. But if we can dig a little deeper, sometimes there's something going on at the root that is really the cause of the conflict. Mm -hmm. I think we've had that, those moments where I'm like, I'm sorry, babe, I was short. I'm actually feeling overwhelmed today. Yep. I'm actually, you know, stressed about this or I'm worrying about my little sister and it's overflowing right. into you and I apologize about that. How many people have been in a situation where you get to a point where you recognize that the thing that you're arguing about is not the thing that you're arguing about? Like it's the conflict underneath yes, the conflict. There we go. We got some participation, yes. right? Uh, it's the conflict underneath the conflict and you start to realize, but when there's no seeking to understand, you start to realize, like you said, listening to the hurt. Because I'm carrying actually this thing happening at work, and oh, this actually, I got this phone call from my parents, and this was actually, and I'm holding these things, 
and you were the one that actually got um, the attack, right? You were the one that was on the other receiving end of that because of all the things that I'm holding. And, and, and coming to a place of forgive me for that or, you know, hear my heart on this, right? So I think that's important of, and that's the emotional intelligence, right? Where you recognize what is it that's in me that I'm bringing to this? Because sometimes I'm arguing, but really, I'm just speaking from this place of what happened earlier in the day, right? Yeah. Early in, in the week. And all of that, that's a posture of humility too. Mm-hmm. It's a posture of humility to say, actually I'm wrong and I'm lashing out because of this. Right. And I think that's important for um, this conversation of navigating relational conflict to have that humble posture, especially like in your home life, those are the people you love the most, that you see the yeah. most, you spend the most time with. And sometimes they get to see uh, the not so good side of us. Right, I'm just stop right there just for a moment because I think it's the people that love us the most uh, and the people uh, that, are, that we're most vulnerable with that often get the short end of the stick, right? So in, in life, we can go to work and we can be on and we can have this you know, posture of let me be right, let me get everything perfect and let me be quick to reconcile or whatever the case may be. And then we get home, right? Yeah, we let our guard down. We let our guard down. Now we get home and now we're a little bit more lax and the person that's on the receiving end that whom we love the most is actually getting the most attacked. They're the one that's getting the short side of things. They're the one that's getting, uh, I've been at work all this and given out and I can, you know, given to the kids and all the different things. And now your spouse is the one that doesn't get all of you or doesn't get um, the healthy side of you. And there's just all of the stuff, right? So I think that we can come home, we can let our guard down and some of that. One of the things that I wanted to mention that's a practical tool in this as well um, is the way that you start a conversation has a lot, of, uh, has a lot to do with how it's gonna go. Uh, there's some research that says um, there's an 80% chance that if you start your conversation in a harsh way, that it's an 80% chance that it won't recover. 80% chance that it won't recover when you start in a harsh, aggressive tone. And so just knowing that, how do I want to start this? Because it's going to dictate a lot of where this conversation goes. We're going to skip past our last one, and we're going to go directly to the last thoughts that you had around this conversation. Okay. Well, the last thing that I wanted to share with you all that has been on my heart is that conflict is an opportunity for us to reflect Christ-like character. Amen. And it's easy to, you know, reflect Christ when things are good, when there's no drama, no tension, no problems. But when you can display the fruit of the Spirit, which is love, joy, peace, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control, emphasis on patience, in the midst of a conflict, that's a testament to God. Mm. That's a testament to the work of the Spirit that is within you, that what your old nature, that what you used to do and how you used to respond to conflict, God has done a work in you and you don't do that. And I think, you know, right now, we are called to be ambassadors for Christ on this earth, in our workplace, on our schools, in our campus, yeah. everywhere that we are. And our mission here at Ascent is to help people see Jesus clearly. That's right. In a time and age where division is great, offense is great, yeah. disagreements, arguments, tweet, Twitter arguments, right. and social media, all, all these things are going on. Yeah. There's also a great opportunity for us to reflect Christ in how we navigate conflict. And I just want to emphasize that we are not perfect at this. Mm-hmm. We are progressing in this where we used to be year one, year right. three, year five. We're not that now. And also just speak to the fact that the battle is real and the struggle is hard to apply these principles. But God also gave us his spirit, which is our helper, the Holy Spirit, our counselor, our guide to help us. Because sometimes I don't want to 
I don't want to slow down to speak. I want right. to speak, we, and I can also lean on the Holy Spirit to help me in that. Yeah, we don't want to be patient. We don't want to have any of those fruit of the Spirit. And that's important because uh, we know that we can't do this on our own. And when you enter into a relationship with someone else, with a coworker or a friend, whatever that looks like, we understand uh, that none of us can really live this out on our own. None of us can really get to that place of the rhythm and way of Jesus on our own. Um, but that's why Jesus came, and that's why he sent his Holy Spirit to be the very thing that helps us, our helper in this world, to live out the way of Jesus when it's uncommon, when it feels as if how would anybody love that type of person or that person over there, and yet we are the ones that are empowered by God's Spirit to love when nobody loves, to reach out when nobody reaches out, to step across that aisle when nobody's stepping across that aisle, to love one another and to be a people that is unordinary to this world, of people that is not the same as what we see in our society and our culture. And the last thing that I want to mention is one of the greatest characters of Jesus that I think, and that's going to be my prayer for us today, that I think all of us should embody when we enter into spaces or navigating spaces of conflict. That's going to be this area of sacrifice. Uh, scripture says for every single one of us um, that we are called to live just like Jesus. And one of the greatest characteristics of Jesus was the way that he sacrificed his life. Not just sacrificed his life on the cross, but the way that he sacrificed living, coming to this earth and living a life that nobody could live and dying a death that nobody could die. The question becomes for so many of us in this room is where is sacrifice when conflict arises? Are you sacrificing to yourself saying that I have my agenda, I have my plan, I have my X, Y, Z, I have all the things that I want to get across to this person. And I wonder that if we step inside of these moments with a posture of sacrifice, with a posture of saying, Jesus, you've empowered me, your Holy Spirit has empowered me to live in a way where I can set aside my agenda, I can set aside my will, I can set aside anything that I'm trying to hold on to, and say, because you have sacrificed your life for me, help me to sacrifice my own personal interest and my own ego in this moment to seek to understand and not to be understood. And I want that to be our prayer as we leave on to today. That there's many characteristics of Jesus, and I think one of the ones that's very hard for me, one of the ones that's very hard for us, is to really think through what sacrifice looks like and how we sacrifice our wills, our agendas, and our interests. And so would you pray with me this morning for every single one of us, no matter where we put our feet, no matter where we lay our heads, no matter what home looks like for us right now, my prayer is going to be for sacrifice. Lord, this morning, we slow ourselves down and come before your throne and ask you to be the very help that we need at work, in our marriages, in our relationships, at school with our roommates, at, at wherever we go, at the PTA meeting, at the soccer game, at the football game, wherever we may find ourselves, we know that conflict is unavoidable. But my prayer right now, Lord, is would you help us with the characteristic of sacrifice? Because you call us to lay down our lives. You call us to die daily to ourselves. And boy, that is hard. Boy, that is hard when we see a world that is pushing against us. We see a world that is just bickering, and sometimes we're inclined to live just like what we see on TV. Would you help us 
to live in a different way? Would you help us to live in the Christ way? Would you help us to live in a way where others look at us and say, why would you do that? But they will see our good works and glorify you in heaven. That is our prayer for today, that we embody the characteristic of sacrifice this morning. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.